Welcome to the Data for Resilient Cities podcast series, exploring how data can help cities become more resilient, smart, and responsive to challenges. This series is brought to you jointly by Center for Applied Geomatics (CRDF) and by CoData, the Committee on Data of the International Science Council. Via this podcast series. we bring to you reflections on the interdisciplinary approaches and the innovative use of data taken by various cities offering examples of good practices and lessons learned hi this is shelly gandhi from cep research and development foundation today we bring to you an episode on data analytics supporting cities mobility and resilience in this episode we have professor hm shivanand swami Director Emeritus, Center for Excellence, Urban Transport (CRDF) India, in a conversation with Walter Ritter, independent researcher and founder of Knowledge Dialogues, joining us from Germany. I welcome you both on this episode. Namaste, Professor Walter Ritter. Professor Swami, thank you for your welcome, and I'm delighted to join this. Um, podcast and discussion i'm a very regular visitor to to india in the past 20 years i'm come normally every year and i have also been a professor at the um, university of mysore for a while and i'm very interested i think india is an excellent place to study transport um because there is so much to do and so many opportunities thank you and uh, coming back to the today's topic uh, of the podcast data analytics supporting cities mobility and resilience while we talk about cities mobility cities are growing bigger and bigger transportation systems are evolving new concepts uh, both in terms of uh, modes as well as services are also being put on board for the benefit of the customers while all of this is happening managing mobility in cities is becoming uh, very complex both during uh, the normal periods and it's even more difficult when we have uh, uh, e- events extreme events and the disasters and therefore uh, how we can use data to make mobility more simpler easier comfortable convenient for the people and also efficient for the provider and the transportation systems also become more resilient whenever for the events which may occur uh, during the time of operations be it regular or extreme events all of this is possible looks to be possible with the data which we have we collect lot of data we generate data some of it we collect it with purpose some of it is a process we generate such as ticketing data uh, you have uh, vehicle operations related data through automatic vehicle mobility part of it gps systems we also have mobile phones today which uses lot of data on mobility while we deal with all of these databases some of them are exclusive for certain agencies and they use it for their own purposes some of them are maybe useful for other agencies it is not being shared and how do cities manage the databases to make their mobility efficient mm-hmm. and resilient i think maybe a good idea from your experiences globally uh, may you may want to share some of that part yes thank you very much for your uh, comments i think what i see now is that this whole topic of mobility 
and transport data has really um, um, increased a lot over the past years. And I think we are still in a kind of phase where we are all excited about the possibilities of data, but are also slowly realizing that it is not like a wonder a wonder weapon for to solve all our problems. So um, I think I see this very often in discussions with um, computer scientists that they think, oh, we can model everything. We can do forecasting and planning with our data and so on. But then when it comes down to the really messy, uh, messy situation that we have in, in most cities uh, with so many different modes of transport, some of them having good data, some of them have rather non-existent data or non-data that is not collected. I think we are still at a very rather early age to really integrate and see the possibilities on how we bring all these different data sources together. So there is uh, forecasting and planning data. There's real-time data, as you mentioned, from the from the mobile phones and so on. And then, of course, there's also the question, data comes from uh, different sources. So some is from the operators and from the government and from IoT, from the buildings and so on. But a lot is also coming from the user itself nowadays, so from the, um, the passengers. So I think we are still, um, I have not seen many cities that have really been able to find the optimal way to use all these different forms of data as of today. But there are many working on it, of course. Yeah, that's, I think, is a, a very interesting uh, comment, what you're making. So it's an optimism that uh, you are saying that many, many are beginning to use the data for more efficient mobility, making mobility more resilient. I think that's common if you're leaving uh, for us. What we have seen with our experience, we work very closely with cities. Take example of two cities. One is Ahmedabad uh, in Gujarat. The second one is again Surat in Gujarat. Uh, both these cities in terms of public transport, uh, both have been able to put together very elaborate vehicle tracking systems, very elaborate uh, fare collection systems, and data is being generated. To some extent, data is also being used for management purposes. Uh, one important thing what we are expected to do is to integrate different mobility systems in Surat. Since all three different public transport modes are under one organization, run and operated by one system, they are able to actually integrate physically as well as in terms of fair integration, institutional integration, which makes user experience much more convenient and comfortable. Whereas uh, in case of Ahmedabad, although it is under the municipal corporation, there are two agencies which operate two different systems, the BRT and the city bus. And therefore, the data sharing and efficiency part of it, the overlaps of the routes and so on and so forth, is still to be achieved. Yeah? And therefore, the cultures and the way organizations structured seems to have a, a lot in terms of how data is shared, how data is used, and how the benefits of this data sharing and using towards efficient mobility is achieved. Yeah. Would you uh, yes, comment I, on this and elaborate with your experience? Mm -hmm. Yes, the so we have we have access to the data now in theory, but we don't have fully developed the practices of data sharing. 
And I think that is really the bottleneck at the moment, because that is also questions about the governance of data, the management of data, the purpose of data collection, and of course, also about the the quality of data. So a, a bus company in, in a city and the, a metro organization can have very different systems on how they collect data and what type of data they collect. So it's easy to talk about integration, but what does it actually mean for the operational planning? And so I think that's really quite a big challenge. And I want to share one example for, uh, from Hong Kong, because that's where I have a big project with the, um, in the context of a smart city program. We have around eight uh, operators there, and most of them are private. And that is from ferries to tramway to different bus companies to the uh, um, metro system. And all of them have their, they're competing against each other. So if you want to plan a sustainable, resilient city, how do we switch that mode from competing to collaborating? That is, I think, really a big challenge because it has been since the, for several decades, competitive mood. And now we have to switch to collaboration for the greater benefit of the whole city and for the citizens. So how do you see that problem in, in your cities here where you're working? <laughs> While we are on this topic of data sharing within and between organizations, uh, there are some uh, regulations which have been put in place, like open data systems and so on and so forth especially at the uh, national level and global level and then when it comes to city the needs are going to be very different details are going to be very different data privacy is going to be an important uh, matter as part uh, regulations part there would you comment uh, on based on your international experiences yes how these things are structured how these can, can be better so that the sharing happens mm -hmm. Okay, maybe in that context, uh, we should also mention this new term that many cities are working on now, this mobility as a service, you know, where yeah. you have this idea of a shared data platform where all modes of transport are uh, connected. And such a model we have in, um, in Berlin. So everything from rental bikes to uh, taxis to buses and so on are integrated on the platform. And you have an app and then the user can has different options depending on price, depending on convenience and so on. Um, but at the moment, getting the partners onto this platform is more or less like a... Uh, on a voluntary basis. So there's no mandate from the city that you have to join. If you are a private operator, there's kind of, it's a voluntary contribution to that shared database. You mentioned open data. Yes, I totally agree. Open data is uh, for public transport services, not a big issue, but for private operators, you can hardly find open data sets on a city data sharing platform, or is that different in, in Ahmedabad? We are in the process of evolving. Uh, there is a data uh, policy which is in place, uh, which is at the national level, but then it's not specific to transport data. It is more a broad, broader part of it there. Yeah? There are two important things which you mentioned, like your work related to human aspects of this whole data management part of it there. I think one comment on that, uh, coupled with that also, the sustainable development goals and how 
this whole analytics data bases can help us monitor, manage, and progress towards these SDGs. Would you have some comments on that? Yes, um, thank you for raising this issue. And I think here, when we talk about resilient cities and sustainability, uh, I think it is very important to think about inclusiveness. So, for instance, in many Indian cities, I see that there are so many apps for Ola and Uber and, you know, all these integration of these fancy services for the middle class. <laughs> but then I wonder, you know, what, what about the... Um, uh, non-AC buses, which have which have no um, timetable, which have no digital digital anything. So, how do we integrate those that, that to make it really accessible for somebody to, who um, who does not have access to these more expensive forms of transport? And then, of course, uh, one of my favorite topics is always what do we do to really also include bicycles and pedestrians. Because um, before anything, before we use any transport, um, mechanized transport, we are all pedestrians. And uh, walking data is, of course, only, I mean, you could maybe collect it through the uh, cell phone data with call um, detailed records. But few cities do that at the moment because uh, there's data privacy that prevents you from doing this. But I think we always need to think, how do we include, make it inclusive and also sustainable because a pedestrian is always more resilient than somebody who goes around by taxi or by a private car. Well, that's, I think it's an important aspect. You have touched both on the walking and the sustainable part. In fact, we're doing a small survey in Ahmedabad and what we realize is that walking appears to be the only activity which physical activity which people undertake other than work-related physical activity. And therefore, the linkage with health is very, very important. I think you have, you have done, you have touched upon a very important topic there. You were discussing about mobility as a service. And if it has to have a common management framework at the city level, if you want to integrate that with buses and a lot of other systems, there are a few people who argue that city government should actually have a role in managing all of these aggregator services as well as other transport services. You would like to share your thoughts on that? Oh, you mean whether cities want to have this integrated forms of transport? Yeah, I have been yeah. also thinking about this, you know, um, we also need to discuss maybe more at the policy level, what is the purpose of integration? Do we want this data integration more like for forecasting demand, understanding congestion, making analytics from on travel behavior and how people move around in the city, origin destination analytics and things like that? Or what is the purpose of this integration? So I think that is really um, also a question sure. that maybe should, we should ask at the beginning of any kind of travel data analytics. So, for instance, now in these COVID times, I basically walk or cycle. And there's like, I don't bother about any app or any kind of, you know, because I'm like completely autonomous in a way. And I think in a way that's kind of interesting because, you know, we talk about autonomous car and so on and how we capture that data in the future that all the C2, C2V communication and IoT data from these, elect, from these autonomous cars in the future. But the real autonomous transport is really walking and cycling, you know, and 
So for sustainable and resilient city, I think we need to put a much stronger emphasis on this. And my issue is that with all this talk about technology and transport being led by so many uh, transport engineers and computer scientists, we might lose that focus on the kind of simple basic forms of transport in cities. And I think that's particularly true to dense cities in Asia and or to dense cities anywhere in the world where walking and cycling is easily possible, uh, but it's often overlooked in the smart city plans. That's my perspective on what I've seen in other cities. I don't know if you share those views. In fact, you know, we have an Arugya Shetu app, which tells you how many people within a range of 500 meters, one kilometer, two kilometer is infected with COVID-19 and then how many have, I have a risk and all of that part of it is it's a very interesting opportunity that this platform data analytics provides. What do you see as uh, something which is hindering or constraining full exploitation of this database? What one, two, three, four things you think we should be doing to be able to exploit this advantage what it provides fully? Okay, when, when you take it down to the level of the individual, you know, if you ask people who are not like re transport researchers or data experts, if you ask people, how do you travel? Most people don't really think about these data questions and this, how they, how they contribute to the overall citywide um, database and so on. And I don't know if there are any surveys on how many people actually use travel apps on a daily basis. There's not much data from cities like, Before you leave your house, are you always checking out all these, uh, the real-time transport situation? Yeah, that's my question. I mean, how do we make it appealing for everyone and also to think about the choices? For instance, in Vienna, there is this interesting app where you can see, okay, you want to go from A to B. And then they show you what is the carbon footprint of your choice. You know, if you go by taxi, oh, yeah. if you go by tram. So that I think is quite a like an interesting addition to incentivize people to think about how they actually opt to to move around in the city. So if you can get some some small incentive to walk rather than take a taxi, how would that change all these little micro decisions that everybody of us takes every day? Yeah, finally, I I think the conversation clearly indicates that the big data analytics would provide a very important advantage in making mobility more efficient and resilient, especially in case of cities and regions. While we think of big data and its sharing, okay, we need to think of a regulatory framework. We need to invest in technologies, and that has to be very long-term perspective. But more importantly, the capacities of the agencies which are created or which are there to manage mobility systems. I think that's going to be a key activity which we need to do is to build their capacity. Yeah, I, I completely agree with your view. And maybe I could just add, I feel um, it is also very much an interdisciplinary challenge that to develop um, sustainable transport systems for resilient cities, we need people from urban planning, from computer science, from um, from sociology, from many different disciplines. So I think it's um, very important that you bring the right the right type of uh, know-how together to manage this as a city. Kelly, I think yeah. finally to conclude, data analytics have a great potential 
and we are beginning to realize it although in a limited way now thanks for listening to this episode from the data for resilient cities podcast series if you like our podcast and want to know more about the series check out our website www.crdf.org and follow us on social media please leave a review and like and share wherever you listen to the podcast